Welcome into Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips and Scott Smith here. And as always, we are here to take all of your questions, so make sure you head over to the Facebook page if that's not already where you're watching the show, and you can leave the comments under our live video. And again, this is the time of year that we really love taking all these questions because it's all these big picture things that it's all the looking ahead to the season and looking at the different position groups and how it all could shake out. And we have all the answers. Of course. We know everything. Know I think that is... And no show next week. Right? That's so true. Get your questions in this week. It's a very good point. So don't yeah, wait. Don't wait because the office is shutting down next right. week. That's it. Yep. And uh, we are included. We're I'm I'm taking off a little vacation before the season Beach. starts. Uh, yeah, I'm going up. I'm going on a cruise. It's gonna all be great. Right. So yeah, pretty excited about it. So yeah, get all those questions in. This is your chance. Hope it's not one of those cruises where the ship breaks down. Yeah, I would like for that to not happen either. And yeah. now if it happens, it is your fault. So thank <laughs> you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, so as we get started here, um, a lot of uh, we did release the the training camp. Dates and I just always love hearing what you are most excited to see during training camp. I know you and I have talked about how much we love one-on-ones, whether right. it's the O-line and D-line one-on-ones, the wide receiver right. corner one-on-ones. Are those still the things that you most look forward to? Yeah, and I, I would say my favorite drill is the wide receiver uh, defensive back one-on-ones. Um, and, it, you know, it favors the offense, obviously. There's no pass rush or anything. The quarterback is completely unmolested. He's throwing. But still, some when the defense does really well, that says a lot. Um you, you, did you want to talk about this training camp in particular? Yeah, I wanted to hear this training camp for you, the yeah, big well, things you're going to be watching. Well, to, to play off of that, um, you know, we have three really good grass fields here. They're, like, rated the best in, best practice fields in the league. And in previous camps here at One Buck, we've been here since 2009, in previous camps there was bleachers. We're kind of next to the field over here. There was bleachers around one long end mm-hmm. on one field, field one, and then at the back of it. And that was pretty much where you had to be if you were going to watch it. So if there was a drill you liked going on on field two or even field three, you really couldn't get a really up-close look at it. Sometimes we may not see much of it at all. Now, there's not going to be bleachers, and we'll get to that in a moment, but you're going to be allowed to go around the entire perimeter of the three fields. So you should be able to get close to whatever drill you want to see. So yeah, if, that's if, a great point. If the wide receiver DBs are going on on field two and that and you like that, that as much as I do, just go around the back and, and get a better look at it. That's a great point because based on where some of the bleachers were, if they were doing things three fields away, mm-hmm. it's it's very challenging yeah. to see. And, and uh, you know, it was kind of a challenge for our, uh, for our grounds guys too. They're very, very good. But because we wanted to give the fans as much of an up-close look as we could, we spent most of our time, especially in team, drills on that one field and so trying to keep that field in good shape while the others weren't getting much much use was tougher but that should be easier now but the reason there's not going to be bleachers is because we already have bleachers in the indoor facility which the Bucks are going to be able to use for the first time in training camp. It just started using it last fall in the middle of the season and some parts of the open practices are going to be like the second half of them are going to be in the indoor facility and there's bleachers and, best of all, air conditioning and cover. So, the, you know, the toughest thing about training camp and the reason, you know, cheerleaders are coming around with freezy pops is because it's so hot. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing you do to avoid that is to have practice early in the morning, like 845, and, that, and we are doing that again. So every effort is being made for when the fans do come out here that's as comfortable as possible. Right, yeah, that's a really great point. Uh, I already know I'm going to butcher this name of the person who asked this question, so I'm very sorry. Um, it looks like Guiche Francois. Mm, French. Uh, so he wants to know who you think is going to start at defensive end this year. I think you'll probably see uh, Jason Pierre-Paul at left end, which is where he's most used to playing. 
And I think you'll probably see Vinny Curry starting at right end. Um, and then there'll be a lot of rotation from there. And, and maybe Curry sometimes goes inside. Uh, Will Golston might be in, in some first downs if it's – you know, if it's a, if we think it's a run-stopping situation, he's he at least in 2016 he was our best run-stopping defensive end, and he didn't have quite the same year last year. But it really seems he's trimmed down some, and he really seems motivated to get back to his 2016 form. So he'd be in the rotation too. And you got Noah Spence to be a, a designated pass rusher kind of guy. So there'll be a lot of rotation, but I think your starters will probably Curry and JPP. And speaking of uh, the defensive line, Stephen wants to know what will Noah Spence's role look like with the new additions to the line and the fact that he seems to not only be healthy but added a little bit of bulk to him? Well, that is a great question. Really well-informed and thorough. Really good question about uh, Noah Spence. And obviously, Stephen has been reading up and knows that Noah Spence uh, has put on weight. You know, when he when we got him, and you get these numbers from their college numbers, so they're not necessarily 100% accurate, but he was listed as 251 pounds. But last year in training camp, he got all the way down to like 232. And that's just, that was just too light for him to be able to hand up, stand up to the Riddlers again, right, especially yeah. against bigger offensive tackles. He used those this whole offseason after getting healthy during the season because he was shut down pretty early with the shoulder. He had the special procedure with the shoulder, and it's kind of hard to explain, but it's supposed to – it took one piece of bone from somewhere and put it somewhere else, and it's supposed to prevent those subluxations or dislocations. Right. And so hopefully if he can avoid that – uh, he won't be missing time because of that, and he'll also be able to stand, hold up a little bit better. And he also, in the process of recovering from that, really took to sort of resculpting himself a little bit, and he's up to 257 pounds as, as of the last practice. And he, is, you know, you can look at him and see he's just jacked yeah, up, right? I mean, he true. didn't put on, he put on muscle. He did, yeah. So he's a, a good kind of weight, yeah, they say, yeah. He's a bigger guy, but, ha- but not so much bigger that he's going to lose his speed and his quickness. Okay. And so he thinks that he's going to have a better chance at standing up against def- the bigger uh, offensive tackles. And, you know, I think he's going to be a situational pass rusher. I think that's his main goal, I mean, his main role. But but you can put a guy in there thinking it's a pass rush down, and right. they may not throw. They right. may run. So he's still going to have to stop the run, even if he's considered more of a pass rusher. He's going to have to stop the run at times, and being able to hold up, which he thinks he's going to be able to do, is going to be really good for him. So hopefully that will give him just more opportunity to be on the field because if he is one of your better pass rushers, you're going to want him out there as much as possible in passing situations. Right. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, good and question, Stephen. Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, we've had a lot of questions um, about Jameis on here uh, and some of the rumors that have been out there. But we really just – I'll just go ahead and sum it all up before I ask that, you know, the league has not released anything, and so we don't really have any information on that at this time. So I'll just kind of save everybody a little bit of time that I've seen a lot of different questions and mm-hmm. thoughts about it. But we unfortunately can't answer anything about that. Nothing has been released by the league yet. Uh, so now going on to our next question, Randy wants to know, are we going to – incorporate more plays utilizing our number one tight end tandem in the league, which, first of all, we can already have you assess whether or not this is, you would agree, the whole number one tight end tandem in it's the league. It's up there, for sure. For sure. Um, I, you know, if you break down the numbers and you and you look at what the tight end position as a whole uh, accomplished for the Buccaneers last year, they're up there in the top three or four tight end positions in terms of catches, yards, touchdowns. And the fact that both those, I think it's the only duo of tight ends in the league on any team where they both got at least six touchdowns. So if you want to massage the numbers the right way, you can probably make that claim. And I also think that there's a lot of room for improvement for both guys. They can get, they can do a lot more. So I wouldn't argue with it. I, I don't know if it's 100% true the best one in the league. Uh, and I've talked about that so much that I forgot what the actual question is. Oh, just if there are going to be more plays uh, geared towards oh, them. I yeah, think you know, bigger part of the offense, maybe. I think so, and I think that's because – uh, I think Dirk Cutter likes using that two tight end formation, which is called 
11? 11, I, I believe that's 11 because you count the receivers and running backs. And, and so that would be one running back, one receiver. I mean, two receivers. <laughs> I've lost it. <laughs> it's either 11. I think it's 11 personnel. Or maybe it's 21. Whatever. I'm going to have to look that up again. Yeah, no. But um, the point is you got two tight ends, and ideally they're both threats to catch passes, which both those guys are, and ideally they both can block. So as a defense, when you're faced with that, it's not an easy read on, okay, well, well that guy's in, and he always blocks, so I don't have to worry about covering him going out on a route. Uh, you want to offer them a lot of uh, uncertainty, right? Uh, the problem was last year – the Bucks didn't run the ball well at all out of the two tight end set. I did a big study of that. There's an article on Buccaneers.com about it mm-hmm. some months ago. Um, and it just the numbers weren't there. The, the passing numbers out of that set was, were good. They were better than our, our, our numbers on other sets. So above average results in the passing game with the two tight ends, which isn't always Cameron Brait and, and O.J. Howard, but usually, right. right? And our passing numbers out of that were good. Our rushing totals, yards per carry out of that were far below – other sets so those guys and that, that doesn't mean it's all on those two guys obviously but uh we're gonna have to get better results in the running game in order to put that formation on the field more often but i think we would like to yeah. the, we did it i try to remember the exact number right it was a while ago when i wrote the article but maybe 19 percent of the plays we were in that and that's right around league average and i think they would probably prefer to be above league, league average mm-hmm. especially because you also have anthony Claire. Yep. who's a, a player with a lot of promise, and you have Alan Cross, and we've got a couple rookie tight ends that we kind of like, at least in the early going. So you may have three or four tight ends that you like and a number of different two tight end combinations. So I know that person was talking about OJ and Cam, right. but um, it could be other groups, and I think they would like to use it more. So my, my answer to the question will be yes, I think we will see more of that, but that's going to be contingent on running better out of that formation. Okay. Uh, our next question says, who is going to start at safety? I mean, are we going to answer this every single week? Probably. Okay. I should just write down an answer and yeah, I'm prepared. Read yes. it. Uh, well, I think your, your surest bet is Justin Evans because last year we started in basically a four-man competition for two spots, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was kind of a lot of rotation the first few games, but then Justin Evans clearly became an every-down player and a starter for, what, the last 12 or 13 games of the season. And he's only in his second year. He had a good first year tied for the team-leading interceptions. You were talking one time about how – acrobatic he is with his interception. Right. He's got very good hands and body control when, when making a play on the ball. I, I would think he's the favorite to have at least one of them. And then until he's unseated, I think you got to stick with Chris Conti. You know, I, I think he's I think he's a pretty good player, and he's going to have to be beaten, you know, for, for there to be a change. But right. they like that Jordan Whitehead a lot. Uh, he's, he was limited a little bit by injuries in the offseason program, so we're going to have to wait to camp to see how quickly he comes along. And then you've always got Keith Tandy, um, who we feel so confident in, and he was a little bit limited by injuries last year, which is why he didn't play as much on defense but still helped out a lot on special teams. Um, they, I know they feel very, very confident in him if he has to be on the field, but I would say the default for the start of the season is probably the incumbents, Justin Evans and Chris Conti. Okay. We also had, um, I think his name is Mir, uh, wants to know how are the rookie secondary players coming along. So, you know, we just talked about MJ Stewart yeah. a little bit, but now throwing just in. Just talked about Jordan Whitehead. Or Jordan um, Whitehead, yeah, and then throwing MJ Stewart. And, and then Carlton. also M- MJ Stewart well, missed some time, too, with a minor injury, although he's back, I think, by the end of, of the mini camp, So he should be fine for training camp. The one guy that really has stood out the most out of those is Carlton Davis, the second of the two corners that we picked in the second round. And he, um, he, you know, we like him. We liked him in the draft for one thing because he was a bigger corner. Mm-hmm. And there aren't a lot of those, and there certainly aren't a lot of those in our roster. When when the corners are out there doing their individual drills, it's very very obvious which guy Carlton Davis is. 
without seeing his number even because he's just he's clearly the biggest guy and they want they want to have that option to match up against bigger receivers uh, especially if we play some more press than we have in the past right right so um He's looked really, really good. The other two, I think we really just haven't had enough of a look at them yet. Okay. Uh, I like this question. Jason wants to know, how many wide receivers do you think will make the 53-man roster? Yeah, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. And it really it really comes down to a give and take between other positions. So you've got, you know, I think the default number they would normally like to go with is five. Like, I bet you they write up on the board. I think they do. They write up on the board, you know, each position and a number next to it that, and have it add up to 53, and they'd like to keep five receivers and four backs and four tight ends, something like that. But sometimes you just don't want to let – you got six you got six receivers that you don't want to let go, and you go, well, okay, we'll keep one fewer tight end or one fewer running back, something like that. I would say it's got to be at least five, and it would not surprise me as six because it seems pretty certain that you'd have Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, Adam Humphreys, Chris Godwin, and then you just drafted that Justin Watson guy who, who looks like he could be something pretty good, right, as he develops, and you're not going to let him go. So that's five right there, and we haven't even talked about Freddie Martino, Bernard Reedy. I'm sure there's a couple others I'm not even thinking of right now. So right. Um, I think if you if I'm a betting man, I say six guys make it, especially if one of those other receivers is either a special team stud on coverage and stuff like that, like Freddie Martino is, or a potential option in the return game like a Bernard Reedy. Right. Um, and, and related to the discussion of how many of them are going to be on the team, Tim wanted to know how often you think we'll see a combination of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Deshaun Jackson all on the field at the same time. I think you'll see more of it than you did last year. I think Godwin got a lot of his snaps when either Deshaun or Chris needed needed a rest or was out injured, and so you didn't have as much of that, right, with right. all three of those guys together because if you have Deshaun and and Mike on the field, they're usually the outside guys, your your X and your Y, and your you know your X and your Z, and your slot guy was usually Adam Humphreys because he was very good in that role mm-hmm. and still is. So um, that would mean Adam Humphreys is probably not. I mean, there's some four receiver sets, but I think we're talking about the very common three receiver sets. Um, Adam Humphreys would be off the field for that, and that means one of one of those other guys is in the slot. And I think there will be a little more variety this year in who who plays in the slot. Like Deshaun might play some more in the slot. You might even put Mike Evans in the slot because yeah. your goal is always to find him some open space That's and less true. double teams and so on. So if you can sort of surprise teams with where those guys are. So I think – and Chris Godwin can play in the slot, but I think he's probably best on the outside. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to depend on how um, versatile the package is with who plays in the slot. But, yes, I do think we'll see more of that. This All year. right. And then we'll close out with this one. Uh, who do you think is going to start at guard? And I think they mean the right guard. Because right guard Alan spot, yeah. left guard. And to me, the favorite is Caleb Beninock. And I'm not discounting J.R. Sweezy, who's essentially the incumbent, but he just he's not on the field yet. So until he is, he's really not part of the equation. We all wish – he would get better and be able to play and be part of the competition. But uh, they seem to just take a lot of – the coaches take a lot of opportunities to kind of slip nice things in about Caleb Beninock and how much he's progressed. I think they feel pretty good about him. He's going into his third season, former fifth-round pick, very versatile guy, started at right tackle at the end of last year. Um, but when you see them taking first-team reps, it's usually Caleb out here for now. Uh, you you will probably would probably bring up Alex Kappa. I, I know you've, I've seen some stuff you've written about him, and I've heard you talk about him. And he does have a nice, a lot of potential and good attitude, you know, that same sort of nasty attitude that mm-hmm. they want out of Ryan Jensen. But I think the guy who's been here for two years probably has the leg up yes, on the rookie. I would agree with that. All right, well, that's going to do it for us here on Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks so much for joining us and for all your questions. Have a fun and safe July 4th, and we'll see you back here after the holiday. And Oh, actually, you know what? Right before we close out here, I almost didn't do it. 
our intern, Logan, who's been faithfully manning the camera this whole last few months here. This is his last week. This is our last time with our intern. I'm going to make him stand out in front of the camera, and he's going to hate me for it. He's shaking his head. Look at, Don't come on, you got to just come do? come over here. It's a, Yeah, it's part of your internship. Have to do come around and wave at everyone and say hi. Oh, That's there we go. There's Logan. Hi, Mom. Right. Hi, Logan. <laughs> thanks so much, Logan, for everything you do, and thanks, as always, for all of you guys being here with us. We'll see you next time.